0: A
1: start on
0: demand. On, on demand. It's Thursday, Mackling and McNabb with you on this still smoky day. Kayla Evans saying that that smoke could clear throughout the day. Lauren McNabb, good morning to you.
2: Good morning. I think from my perspective, it feels... It certainly smells and feels a whole lot different out there right now, but it still has that haze. So hopefully it clears soon. I do, I honestly feel like I have like a smoker's cough this morning when I wake up, and I've never been a smoker. So I'm not sure what that feels like, but I just feel uh, 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 like who's the Simpson sister, Marge's sister? Uh, Patty and Selma. Ma- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I feel. Yeah, I can I can sort
0: of hear it resonating yeah. uh, in your in your in your chest cavity there. So uh, some good timber this morning, McNabb, <laughs> as we might say in the radio world. Hey, I don't know what you did last night, but I, um, despite the fact that Frank Saravelli, the sports reporter, hockey insider released the basically the entire roster and all the players of the Seattle Kraken were going to choose in last night's expansion draft. I still watched it. I don't know how many people watched this anticlimactic made-for-TV event, uh, but how do you feel about Cervelli doing what he did? Lots of people coming down on him. It's like, hey, man, why would you do this? Why would you ruin it for fans? Why would you ruin it for the hockey team? How do you feel about the fact that Frank Saravelli? Many people also saying he's just doing his job, man.
2: Yeah, I mean that is the job, right? The job is to get the information as quickly as possible, and and lots of people on the other hand like that. They want to know right away. They can't wait for the event to take place. They want to know what's going down with their team or with their with their players that they've been watching or what have you. And so I can I guess I can see it from both sides. I mean, in some ways, there's so little appointment viewing. Anymore, you know, those mo- moments that you sit down to say, I want to watch this at seven o'clock beyond sporting events, right? Because now you can stream so much. You can watch it later, say on Shaw on Demand. You can queue up that movie at any time. You can hit pause. It's not like the days of your, excuse me, you that expression <laughs> where you'd be like, I must, you know, for example, today's <laughs> Thursday, Thursday, right. NBC was a huge night, right? Must you can sit down. You had That's to watch Friends. You, you had to watch, um, Seinfeld. You had, and if you didn't, if you didn't watch it, you missed it. And so, on the other hand, he is doing his job. I like that. I I respect that. But there is so little appointment viewing and things to get excited for that what's the point of doing it if you're going to learn about all that later? It's the same way I feel, quite frankly, on election night when Mm. elections are called six minutes into the polls closing. And yeah, I mean, that doesn't always happen. US election, we had to wait several days. That's not always the case. But Sometimes, you know, it's like eight oh six and you're like, and is there now, what am I going to do for the next three hours? So I don't know. It's a, it's, it's, if it's supposed to be a show, sometimes you think leave it to be, let it be a show.
0: Yeah, and it was quite the made-for-TV production. We'll talk more about it at 6.37 with Cam Poitras. Here you will find out, if you don't already know, which jet was taken by the Kraken and some other local connections in the expansion draft. We'll explore that in deeper form uh, coming up at about 6.38 this morning. For our small-town salute today, we're going to talk about your favourite Manitoba beaches. So start texting those in, 780 Yeah, I know there are the obvious ones, Winnipeg Beach, Gimli, Grand Beach but maybe there's some hidden ones as well and it might be like fishing Loren where uh, our listeners don't want to give those up in fear of them becoming crowded but we're going to try.
2: Well, I actually have been thinking a lot about this. Obviously, I talk a lot about going to Wasegameen, uh, Clear Lake and Riding Mountain National Park and there's a main beach there, but there are all these little hidden gems and spots that uh you can also go to that maybe don't have aren't as crowded or some days that water up that section of beach is clear given on how the winds are blowing or you know, like the little things that make you love it. And there's this Facebook group I'm I'm part of just you know, what's that same all those community Facebook groups, right? Like, what's up in Transcona? What's up in St James? What's up in Clear Lake? And then everyone's sharing their favorite spots. And part of me's like, no, 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 stop doing that. Like, I, I like going there when there's six people, not six hundred. So, just tell Greg and I, and we won't tell anyone else. We won't else.
0: tell a soul. We promise. <laughs> hey, Jeff Fortje and Master Control, you and I were speaking before I left yesterday, and you said, you know what, GMAC, I might go to the movies this afternoon. Did you make it there yesterday to Kildonan Place?
3: I sure did. It was, uh, you know, it's so good to be back. It was so nice to be in the theater. And it was really, really cold in there. So, you know, if it's a hot day and you want to get out of the sun, I would recommend that. Uh, yeah, it was just like just like a restaurant. You uh, go in, once you're uh, seated, you can take your mask off. You can enjoy your popcorn, your uh, drink, and uh, enjoy the movie. And uh, I went and saw Space Jam, A New Legacy, and... uh wasn't a big fan of the movie. Just, uh, oh. oh, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. But uh, the experience of being back at the theater was awesome. It was amazing. Well, that's did true. Did you get
2: I- the snacks? Like, you did the popcorn and everything? Oh, I
3: sure did. And let okay, me just okay. say, the price. Oh, it's so expensive. Yeah. So expensive for popcorn. It got a large popcorn and a medium-sized drink, and it was over 18 bucks. So, uh, mm. yeah.
0: That doesn't compute. But when you're, hey, you don't have any. It's part other of the It is part, it's part
3: of the, the experience. Yeah, so I had no audience. I had no problem paying that. <laughs> that a boy.
2: I don't know if I've ever gone to a movie without buying the popcorn. So no, no. you got to do it. I'd love to know what people have been if they what that back to the first time moment was like. That first time in the theater, first time dining out or what have you was like, because it's such a different. Uh, Experience depending on where you're coming from. I had a friend who's just in from Ontario telling me that they tried to go out for lunch with their parents. Her parents are Manitobans. She's from Ontario, originally from here. But different provinces have different vaccine cards, right? And so her parents are pulling out their vaccine card and QR code, and she's got like a handwritten kind of note from Southern Ontario. And she's like, uh, would this work? And the restaurant made them sit at different tables. Oh. Because, because she, like, what she, what she has to prove her vaccination status is not the same is what we have. And so that's a whole other part of the dilemma as we start to do this interprovincial provincial travel, right? So you, you, did you have to show your QR code yesterday for G?
3: I sure did. It's the first thing they do uh, before you even go into the even to the concessions. It's the first right. thing you have to show. Gee yeah. whiz. My buddy's coming in from
0: Calgary. Actually, he got in last night. We're going uh, for dinner tomorrow night. I hope that we don't have a problem on that front. What are we you doing? You might end
2: up at the patio if you can't because yeah, well, you never aw, know, right?
0: There are worse things, I suppose. Yep. Mackling, McNab, Poitras, Forche and Braun. You may have seen this or heard about it on Instagram. Are you going to say your
3: order? Okay, you?
1: Can I have a fifty piece? Sorry, I will put you... Uh, can I put your camera? Do you mind or no?
3: Sure.
1: I just. Uh, there's hundred fifty thousand people watching you right now.
3: Really? Yes. <laughs> so
1: can I can I have please a fifty piece Mac Minis? Fifty exactly. Okay. Not fifty one. None. Forty nine chicken minis yes 50 and um, let me have a large drink no ice half sprite half lemonade
0: so that's from the Instagram account of uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the MVP of the NBA finals and now champion of the NBA and Giannis uh, making a lemonade and Sprite very famous. There's also a great story about him when he was younger, when he first came into the league, he used to send as much money as he could back to his parents in Greece. And one day he goes to Western union, gives up all his cash to send it to his parents, realizes he doesn't have cab fare to get to the game long story short a couple pick him up as he's running to the arena he's six foot ten they have a honda fit so you can imagine Giannis is squished into the back seat so we want to know from you cam let's start with you the nicest that someone's been a stranger help you ever got from a stranger when you're in a tough situation
4: wow this is just like the classic winnipeg manitoban canadian story you know got the car stuck and on a residential road in north North Kildonan. my dad was out in the call uh, when he was uh, still working as a locksmith, and I was out there with him, and we got stuck, and uh, I'm just a young kid, eight or nine years old, my, my, my dad, of course, I couldn't work the work the vehicle, so basically me and my brother were out there having to push and push, and all of a sudden, uh, in, this is like in the middle of the night, All of a sudden, we see a guy coming from walking down the road, and we see this silhouette coming towards us. And it's a guy with a shovel uh, that had noticed us stuck, and and he was coming out to help us. So, you know, quintessential Winnipeg, Manitoba story. He helped us get unstuck. And whenever I think about that, uh, because when I was in Alberta, I would be I was stuck one time, and people kept passing me, and they didn't help. And I always remember, and not not you know, I am not bashing Albertans or anything like that, Mm. but it's it's more of a. But I I always remember that guy coming out coming out to help us. So, Braun.
5: You know, uh, last year I was walking my girlfriend's dog on one of those really hot days, and uh, it was it was my bad. Uh, I, we sort of uh, bit off more than we could chew, so to speak, and the dog was getting pretty tired, and it's a black uh, cocker spaniel, so the heat gets trapped in that dog. And uh, I was just about to, you know, pick her up and carry her the rest of the way when she just stopped on the road and just lay down in the shade. And I was like, okay, we're just going to take a rest here. And uh, the house that we had stopped in front of, the guy just came out, Filled a bowl of water, put it on the road beside the dog and let her have a little drink. And I was like, thank God for you, sir. Because, uh, I was terrified of the notion that this dog was really going to like pass out or something like that. So the kindness of strangers really stepped up that day.
0: McNabb. Can you tell a story in 45 seconds?
2: South Africa, I. it can be a dangerous place. It's a dangerous place now. It certainly was one back when I was there in 2000. We drove a lemon of a Povera Peugeot, we called it, from Harare, Zimbabwe, down to South Africa. And almost every day, something wrong happened with the car. But we'll never forget, We the gas attendant filled up our tank with petrol when it was a diesel car. And it stalled in the most dangerous of neighborhoods as we were trying to get out of Durban and the traffic was just flying by and this man pulled over said what happened got us back to a gas station drove us to the attendant to get help drove us back to the car and just stayed with us the entire time I, he didn't even we didn't even get his name and i still think to this day if if they had not stopped where would he be it, i i honestly some of those things could be life saving moments dog saving moments or life saving moments
0: We start this hour with mixing and matching vaccines. That's been the name of the game for many Manitobans vaccinated over the past several months, Loren.
2: But the question that we're asking this morning is, is this going to pose a problem for people looking to travel? So we know Canada's National Advisory Committee on Immunization, they said weeks ago that the AstraZeneca vaccine can safely be combined with Moderna or a Pfizer shot. But of course, that's not stopping some travel companies from banning passengers who mix their doses. Just this week, the Norwegian Cruise Line said it would not accept mixed vaccinations on ships coming or going from the States. And we know there are countries that don't sanction the AstraZeneca vaccine or don't sanction mixing and matching. And that includes the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, which so far says mixing and matching should only be done in, quote, exceptional circumstances. That's its stance. Right now, that's not clear if that's going to impact travel at all south of the border. But it's posing a lot of questions, creating a lot of questions and concerns for would-be travelers. Marty Firestone is the president of Travel Secure, a travel insurance company, and joins us now. Good morning, Marty.
1: Good morning. How are you?
2: We're good, thank you. I'm Just full disclosure, I am one of those people, and so is my co-host, Greg, who mixed their doses. And so just on a personal note, we're keeping a keen eye on this story, and I'm curious if we might see more of this banning based on vaccine mi- mixing in the days ahead.
1: I think the, the cruise ship industry is the one where it's going to have its most effect. And I was telling someone yesterday, the biggest problem with cruise ships is, They stop at different ports and they stop at different countries. One night you go to sleep in one country, you wake up at another one the next morning. The problem is I think they're worried that if they get to a country that insists that you have to have full vaccination with the same dosage, then they may not be able to disembark or even stop at that port. And that's the problematic area there. But who's kidding who? We're terribly disappointed because we were told not only is it okay, but it might even be better.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, Marty. The fact that there is some research that suggests that the AstraZeneca mixed with an mRNA actually produces better protection. So that is going to be awfully frustrating. What kind of questions should travelers be asking then as we start to look towards, maybe it's not next week or even next month, but over the next several months, in terms of protecting themselves against a decision like this?
1: There, there'll be a problem. I can't imagine that the U.S. will actually say that if there's a, a shot of AZ, that would be problematic and not be considered fully vaccinated. From the cruise ship perspective, which is what I can talk to, I think that we have to realize that Canadians can't even go on cruises yet. It is a level four travel advisory issued by our government, which basically says avoid all cruise travel. Insurers have followed and suggested that there is no coverage from a medical perspective, if you go on a cruise. So I think this whole mixed vaccine thing, it's kind of secondary for the moment because we can't even go on cruises. But what we should be on the watch out for is when that level four is lifted and then through your travel agent or cruise operator, you have to be given full reassurance that they will accept mixed vaccines if, in fact, you do have mixed vaccines and that you won't be turned away to any of these countries where that boat should dock. And that's really the big problem right now.
2: Yeah, and Canadian officials have said they really hope that the you know the feelings and the decisions and the banning and all that kind of stuff will evolve in the days and weeks and months ahead because that's what this whole thing has really been right an evolution of understanding of the science, Marty. But in the meantime, people are looking forward to traveling, and so from your perspective, um, when we when we get that travel insurance. Is the vaccine question being asked? Like, should I come prepared with all documents, no matter where I go? Because that's at least the short term future. And then, you know, if I book a trip, what does the assurance cover if I suddenly find myself in a situation where I can't go somewhere because of the vaccine I have in my body?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Here's the problem. From a medical perspective, all insurers will cover you in the event you come down with COVID. In fact, many of them are now giving preference to people who are fully vaccinated, not only in the dollar amount they're going to cover, but the ability to even be covered. For instance, one insurer is saying once the level four travel advisor is lifted, you will be covered on a cruise ship if you should come down with COVID. If you didn't get fully vaccinated, you won't. Now you're bringing up a real interesting point. What is fully vaccinated? Is fully vaccinated the same vaccine for both shots? Or is a mix going to be considered fine? And the answer is in Canada and our insurance system, mixed is going to be accepted because there's no issue with it. The real fear when you're traveling is on that cruise ship, you've got to be made clear totally if mixed works. And you know what? I think at the end of the day, all the cruise ship companies will come in line ultimately because you know what? Money talks and the economy terribly needs to get back. And I don't think they're going to hold off just because of the mixed vaccination.
0: Marty, you know, I think you bring up a good point here with regards to having to declare uh, your vaccination status. It's something that is controversial, of course. We have here in Manitoba uh, different rules for restaurants. As an example, if you are double vaccinated and can prove it, you have the right documentation. You can dine inside with a group of people that don't live inside your household. There is one industry... That has always asked about your medical history, potentially, and that is the travel industry. If you have pre-existing conditions, you often need to declare that, don't you?
1: You do. Your insurance won't cover you if, A, you did not declare that position and also the stability of that position. So if you just had a change in high blood pressure med two weeks ago and you go away and you have a cardiac related incident they'll say that it was because of that blood pressure change and that claim will be denied so yes in fact you always have to declare to insurance companies what's going on in your life and it looks like vaccination will be another question you're going to have to mention to them when you are filling out the application
2: all right marty firestone president of travel secure thanks for the time marty
1: thank you for having me take care
2: And Greg, just a note, we are bringing on epidemiologist Cynthia Carr after eight, just to talk about what the science is continuing to show about the point that you made that some of it has said that the mixing might even be better and more effective for those who chose to go that route. So we'll have that chat with her after eight. And we are going to ask her the question that came from one of our listeners. Well, then if I really am keen to travel and I have to show proof of two same vaccines, can I go get a third? Like, is that even a thing? It sounds ludicrous, but these are some of the questions many people are asking, Greg.
0: It's a consideration many are making. It's the Small Town Salute, and this morning we are taking your text messages on your favorite beaches. Roberta saying Oak Lake Beach is a hidden gem in western Manitoba. The campground there is book solid for the summer. Have a good day, guys. You have a good day as well, Roberta. Thanks for sharing that with us. I think I may have shared this story maybe years ago. Oak Lake Beach and Oak Lake, Manitoba, just near Verdon, western Manitoba. Um, Don't have the best memory there, not because it's not beautiful, but I, I caught a fish there. When I was about 11 and I had zero interest in touching the fish or getting the fish off the hook myself, my dad and my brother were on the other side of the shore. There's a little estuary, I guess you would call it, that connects the lake to the little marina there. And, well, a 15-year-old girl stepped up and said, uh, I'll get the fish off your hook for you. And so, I, first of all, I was in love. Like, you really? You can come help me? Save me in my moment of need? And the fact uh, that she uh, stepped up and got that fish off the hook, uh, you know, was embarrassing and a proud and happy moment <laughs> all at the same time. Teenagers, right?
2: Oh, that's cute. I like it. That's great. So we are asking this morning about that question because I think a lot of people are staying close to home still this summer, right? And you might be... We, last summer, we certainly know people traveled to different parts of the province, explored points that they may have not have before, Greg. And so that's getting you to spots that are uh, really incredible, amazing in your own backyard. And because it's been so hot, I've been putting up my hand every day. Someone tell me another beach we can go to that's, you know, within one hour, within two hours and all the rest. Uh, so you can get out, enjoy some of the water and cool down. So do you have a favorite beach?
0: Well, for me, it is Leicester Beach uh, just because of the people that we go there with. But in terms of seclusion and just, you know, just a wonderful place to go and just an incredible vibe, um, very close to the U.S. It's basically on the U.S.-Canada border near Boisevane. You've got three lakes there. Adam, Max, and I can't remember the other one, but uh, we used to go there when we were kids and just an absolutely wonderful place to visit the white sand, not too busy typically. So uh, I endorse uh, Adam and Max and can't remember that third dude's name. And you Clear Lake all the way or is there another one?
2: Well, it's Clear Lake all the way, but there's a little beach that's not the main beach at Clear Lake. There's a bunch of little hidden spots there that if you're hiking around the lake or biking or whatever it might be for you, maybe you have a boat or you're fortunate in that respect, or there's a a beach that's sort of um, on your way to Deep Bay, and it's there's not much sand, but the water is clear. It's this little cove, and it just has a real, like, stumble upon it sort of oh, come around the corner, here this is. And it's just stunning, and the water is clear, and it feels, I know it's Clear Lake, but the water is clearer. It's like the clearer beach of oh, Clear Lake goodness. or something. That's it's saying inc- something, isn't it? It's incredible. And so we like to bike there, our family, or take a walk there. Uh it, You have to watch for bears like you do in lots of spots. But of course, yeah, Clear Lake is a special place for me and many folks. One beach I want to get to that I want to try, I believe some people call it Quarry Lake or King Kings Kinsman Lake maybe or it's a some it's a beautiful little spot in and around Stonewall i'm told is a place to go to see some really nice uh, clear blue water as well
0: fantastic well send us your favorite beaches 204-780-6868 <laughs> we're not telling anyone we're not going to share it no, we will, and uh, twenty dollars up for grabs. You got to tell us a story about your favorite beach. Twenty dollars uh, gift certificate from our friends at Santa Lucia Pizza. Getting some text messages on some really disastrous floors as well. And we're also talking about uh, helping strangers. This well, the, oh, I just uh, mixed up our contest, didn't I? because the contest is actually about the kindness of strangers, not your favourite beaches. That's just for fun. Uh, good morning, guys. From Mike, I support or sport the friendly Manitoba license plate with the immense pride and am always willing to stop to help stranded motorists. Over the years, I've delivered gas, changed tyres, driven people for spare keys when locked out of their cars and have delivered a found purse on one occasion. It does not take a lot to do a good deed and I truly believe in the adage of what goes around comes around. Although I'm still waiting for my turn to be in need I do know it's coming that's the story you need to tell us for the Santa Lucia gift card it's just a busy morning McNabb forgive me going
2: on yeah well that's okay we got lots going on so that's for the Santa Lucia gift card send us your pictures and stories of your floor if you want to be a candidate for our flooring contest and of course send us your beach suggestions Kendall says the beach you're talking about is William Lake they think yes
0: there's the third
2: dude. And Rudy just made me laugh with the, with the fact that their favorite beach is the nude beach. Which, is there one? I think there is a, there are a few in Manitoba Yeah, still.
0: there's one on Lake Winnipeg. I'll yeah. text it to you.
2: Well, if you want to go. No, I'm, not, I'm not, not my thing. But, you know, to each their own, man.
0: 746. You're well, actually
2: naked in half these outfits any day. Yeah, anyway,
0: yeah you beach, might as well so. just go European all the way. We start this half hour, Loren, uh, well, you know what? Let's put it this way. Plenty of news stories these days which raise our blood pressure, make us angry or frustrated. Part of our job is making sure we discuss those stories with you and, of course, discuss them on our listeners' behalf.
2: Yeah, it's part of what we do, but also what we do. There's so many good things happening out there in this world, and we've been asking listeners to give us texts and send us their texts on a a moment when a stranger maybe stopped and helped you. We've been getting some wonderful stories of acts of kindness from strangers, and just acts of kindness, period, go a long way to proving what good there is in this world, Greg. And so for the next several minutes, we want to learn about and celebrate an organization that's doing its best in this province to help businesses excel by including those who might otherwise be on the outside looking in. President and CEO of SCE LifeWorks is Ollie Backstrom, and he joins us now. Good morning. Good morning. So talk a bit first about SCE LifeWorks and what it does. Oh,
5: sure. SCE LifeWorks, we're a charitable nonprofit organization. We've been around for about 34 years started by a group of parents, uh, and we support uh, people with developmental disabilities, so people with intellectual disabilities and autistic people to find work in their valued place in the community. So we support about 300 people at any given time uh, with about 90 employees.
0: It's an incredible program, Oli, and we've visited with you in the past about this. And just the the idea that you're helping people, did I characterize that correctly? You're helping people get into the workforce, get into organizations that, A, might not otherwise um, see inclusionary practices as as part of their business plan.
5: Exactly. So that is, uh, you know, our primary focus is helping uh, people we support get connected uh, with uh, businesses who are uh, hiring and uh, encouraging businesses to diversify their workforces. So, you know, it's been a really interesting journey through the pandemic where, you know, I've been actually tracking the monthly earnings of the people we support. We have to report on that to our funders. So we have a pretty good finger on it. Um, and the total monthly earnings had dipped to, you know, in the low 70,000s uh, in you know, April and May 2020 when all the layoffs were happening at the beginning of pandemic. And one bit of evidence of, uh, well, <laughs> businesses' willingness to hire more inclusively and uh, ramping up and uh, the abilities of the people we support, um, you know, the monthly earnings were 139000 uh, in June 2020. We just got these stats in last night. And so that's really exciting. So those are real wages and pockets of the people we serve. And uh, it shows that uh, more and more businesses are seeing the value of a diverse workforce.
2: Just to recap, then, if I'm doing the math, right, you know, the earnings for your clients were down at the start of the pandemic. But just a few months later, you realized that they had doubled again, those monthly earnings. And and so that means businesses were bringing them back uh, with real gutso, you might Absolutely. So the
5: first number was more uh, April, May 2020. Mm -hmm. But uh, the last number was June 2021. So, you know, it was a slow climb up uh, through the pandemic uh, out of that first uh, wave low. But suddenly in June, there was a real spike, you could see where businesses were looking to hire and it looked like a lot of businesses were willing to first look to hire inclusively, which is really encouraging.
0: So we something that caught my eye on social media, and I, you're a fantastic follow on social media, Ollie. Uh, tell us about Project Search and ten years working with Manitoba Hydro. How that started, and and really how it's gone for them.
5: Right. So Project Search is a school to work transition program uh, for high school students with developmental disabilities. And the idea is that these students are fully embedded within uh, a, a large organization or business in what would have been their last year of school. So they really have to take off their student hat and put on their kind of almost an intern hat where they're rotating through three work experiences or internships in what would have been their last year of school. And we embed within those businesses with a cohort of students, a teacher and a team of skills trainers to support the students to to gain the skills. Uh, and it's such a high, uh, it's a critical time for young people, for any young person, and their launch out of high school into adult life and the world of work. And, and we wanted to seize upon this opportunity to um, implement this model. It was developed in the Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center, So actually developed by a large business that itself was looking to figure out how it could diversify its workforce and develop its own eyes to see where people with developmental disabilities could potentially fit into their workforce. So Manitoba Hydro is celebrating its 10-year anniversary. It actually shares a site host with the government of Manitoba. So they will be receiving an award as well. I know we released that video, and I think it was the tweet of that that prompted uh, this conversation so both manitoba Hydro and the government of manitoba will be receiving community impact awards for uh, allowing us to embed these students and our work teams into their work environments which is quite a remarkable audacious request but they've bought in and really have embraced it and have seen uh what kind of cultural impact it's had on their organizations and departments
2: so when you talk about the impact, what, what kind of anecdotes have you heard? Because um, I can imagine what it means for the students. Many of us can relate, uh, no matter where you are in your life, to the, the value of that work experience at a young age. But what, you know, what's the feedback you get in terms of some of the stories you've heard about, just the difference it's made either in their workspace, the culture, or even attitudes of people?
5: Um, well, I can tell you at the beginning of Project SEARCH, when our partners said, we love the concept, let's do it, and then when the rubber hit the road, the question was, so what are students going to be doing? Because people's points of reference are so limited. You know, they might have seen some people uh, working, doing some cleaning tasks in the community, but really, uh, most people don't have that many points of reference in terms of what people with developmental disabilities can do workwise in the community. So now, you know, I can say that students are embedded within Offices doing critical office tasks, uh, complex filing, customer service, processing child and abu- uh, child and adult abuse registry checks, by receiving cash payment for that. Food services, um, parts. Uh, you know, working the the, the parts uh, booth at the fleet services for Manitoba Hydro, making sure. Mechanics are connected with the parts they need for their repairs and then uh, documenting that or inventory uh, management in the computer uh, within the government of Manitoba, working at material distribution agency, uh, large distribution center, doing picking and packing work. And, and the most important thing is some of these students are getting hired within these site hosts and um, have built great careers. So some are full-time permanent civil servants. Or full-time permanent employees of manitoba hydro and many many others are employed uh in the community because of the skills they've been, had a chance to build both soft skills and hard skills within project search
0: only if a, a listener is is you know intent on perhaps making inclusion a part of their work culture and they're hearing about your organization for the first time this morning or maybe the 10th time but haven't reached out how do they connect
5: they can call me at 204 775 9402. I'm on vacation right now, <laughs> but I'll be back in early August, so but i would be happy to talk to whether it's a business person or, you know, sometimes it's a family looking to navigate for services. I also want to give a shout out to HSC Winnipeg who started a project search site as well and they're celebrating their 5th year uh, anniversary of implementing project search. And considering the remarkable and challenging year they've had through the pandemic, they've held on with us uh, with our Project Search site. So I have to be, give a big shout out to our partners at HSC Winnipeg as well.
0: Well, we give a big shout out to you, all your clients uh, on the on the work side and all your clients who are giving opportunities to those that might not otherwise have them. Thanks for the work that you do, Oli.
5: Thanks so much, Greg. It's great to talk about uh, the great work that we do. Ollie Backstrom, S-C-E
0: Lifeworks. You can find them online as well. And if uh, you would like to make a difference in someone's life who might not otherwise get an opportunity to be in part of your work culture, let me tell you, uh, Loren, we had uh, a friend... In my family, her name was Karen. She was uh, she was developmentally challenged. She lived with my dad, my stepdad, and my mom for years and years. And she worked at a place called the Handcrafter in Boisevane. And she would get up every weekday, and the highlight of her day was getting on that bus that would pick her up to take her to work. The value she saw in herself and in her work was absolutely overwhelming. I saw it every single day that I was visiting whenever I would visit Karen and my, and my mom and my stepdad and, and and that And that really resonates. I carry that uh, with me wherever I go.
2: Oh, nice story. That's great.